Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. together. I've been talking about, uh, started last week sharing with you some of these essentials for spiritual leadership. And I went through the New Testament and dug out these make every effort phrases. Now there's numerous make every effort phrases throughout uh, the New Testament. And I put out six of those that I want us to look at because I think if we will make every effort to pay attention to each time these are mentioned in Scripture, there's something we can glean from that and apply to our life that will help us be a more effective leader in our particular ministries and in our churches and for the Lord. So here's something, a couple of efforts or a couple of things I mentioned last week about or last month about leaders. First of all, leaders are defined. Listen, leaders are always defined by the standards they put on themselves. Okay? As a leader, if we're a leader worth our salt, so to speak, we're really going to be defined on the standards, the convictions that we put on ourselves. I mean, as a leader, as your pastor, I never, ever want to ask you to do anything that I am not willing to do. I'm not going to ask you to... Matter of fact, you will not grow any further than, than I grow. We, we just can't... You'll never outgrow the leader, okay? So leaders, to be a good leader, we've got to put high standards on our own personal life so leaders are always defined on the standards that they set for themselves not necessarily on others that's called a dictator right a dictator is more concerned about the standards I'm putting on you than I am about me I'll sit in my ivory palace and you do this but a good leader is in front leading and he's more concerned about the standards he puts on himself or herself instead of what they put on the others Great leaders always also expect more from themselves than they do their followers. So I want us to keep that in, in the back of our minds. Last month we talked about, and we looked at 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 14, where it says, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, at peace with him. And we talked about how the first principle that we need to apply to our life is that as a leader we must vow to maintain our integrity. Okay, we really got to watch how we live our life and what we do. And so we've got to maintain our integrity. I talked about that last month. It'll be on the podcast here shortly. If it isn't already, you can you can go there and listen to it. Today, I want us to go to Hebrews chapter 12. And I'll try to be as quick as I can and unpack this one for us. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 15. Look what this verse says. It says, make every effort to live at peace with all men. Wow, listen to that. Make every effort to live at peace with all men and see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up. Let's say that part together. That no bitter, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Make every effort to live at peace with all men because if you don't, it's going to be real easy for the spirit of bitterness 
to rise up in your heart and to rise up in your life. Now, here's a fact. Man, I know this one. And I wanted to give this one to you last month, but I wanted to start off a little bit more positive than, than this one. I didn't want to start off with a negative. You know, good counsel is always like an Oreo cookie, right? You, you've got your cookie, and then you've got your cream filling, and then you have your cookie. So whenever you're giving counsel, you want to give a positive, and then the negative, and then a positive, right? So we started out with a positive. We talked about integrity and maintaining those things. But here's a fact that I want you to know when you are involved in ministry, it's a given fact you will be hurt in ministry. Okay? It's a given. I came into ministry 20 plus years ago as a pastor. I was completely, and I misspelled ministry. That is my fault. I just saw that. I am so sorry. Will you extend grace to me for misspelling that? Okay. I apologize. When I first got into ministry, nobody told me I was going to get hurt. Nobody, nobody told me that, that Christians and, and those people in the church would hurt me. I was completely naive to that. Maybe you have been naive to that. So I want to tell you right from the get-go, when you get involved in ministry, you're going to get hurt. Now, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally, you are going to get hurt. So understand that. If you are involved in ministry, what's going to happen? You're going to get hurt. Well, the question is, how do I deal with that? And the question is, I don't know if I want to get involved in ministry if I'm going to get hurt. Listen, you're going to get hurt anywhere you go. I mean, whether you're in ministry or not, it's just part of it. Matter of fact, there's a four-letter word for that. It's called L-I-F-E. What is that? Life. I mean, if you just live long enough, you're going to get hurt. Somebody's going to hurt you. Well, how do we deal with that? You know, I don't know about you, but I was so naive when I first came into ministry. I just thought everybody would just love everybody. I mean, the Bible says we're supposed to do that, right? And I just thought we would do that. Well, it doesn't always happen in the church, does it? Right? I mean, I love our church, but it doesn't always happen here. Why does it not always happen? Because we are sinful creatures, right? We, we were born with a sinful nature. We must die out to the old man every single day. And sometimes we forget to crucify the old man and we let the old man rise up. And now, man, there's that aggression that starts. And because I believe we have this spirit of rebellion within us, that it leads us to hurting people. Now, I know that I've, I have hurt folks. Folks have come to me and said, you know, that hurt me. I, I, I can say this. I've never intentionally set out to hurt anyone. That's just not my spirit. It's not the kind of person that I am. So I know that I have hurt folks unintentionally. And maybe you have hurt folks unintentionally. Maybe you've been hurt, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Raise your hand if you've ever been hurt in church. I guess every single one of us have. And, and I'm so thankful that you're still here, right? W whether it be at Victory or in the body of Christ somewhere. We can't, we can't check out just because we got hurt. We're going to get hurt. Matter of fact, here's what I do know. <laughs> I wrote this in my notes. Get this. And I don't think I have it on the screen for you. If you call the shots, get ready because you're going to take the shots. If you're the one calling the shots, get ready. You're going to take some shots. I mean, there's going to be those people that are just, for whatever reason, maybe it's the fact they just don't understand. 
And, and by the way, some of that may be our fault in the way we deliver it. And I know I've had to, I've had to learn how to deliver something. For instance, like the way I just delivered Wednesday night, how we changed that. Back in the day, I'd have said, you know what, we decided we're doing away with this and we'll let you know what we're doing next. Boom, let's move forward. But I realized that didn't work. <laughs> Real quickly, I realized that didn't work. So you learn some things, right? Um, so anyway, if you're going to call the shots, get ready, you're going to take the shot. Now that's going to happen at every level of, of leadership. And by the way, this applies, I don't care where you are. You can be in the Air Force. You can be in, in, in a secular world on a job. You can be at the post office. You can, wherever it is that you work or in church, be at the school. Where, if you call the shots, get ready, you're going to take the shots, right? <laughs> Here's something else I wrote in my notes. Pioneers always get the arrows. <laughs> Think about that. Think about when they went on the Wild West excursions and those, those pioneer spirit men and women that would take off across America, you know what they always got? What? The arrows. But after they would go out and they would blaze the trail and they would set up a culture or a city or a society, whatever, and there was peace there, then other folks would come behind them. And you know what? The arrows started decreasing and less and less got shot at. Why? Because a pioneer blazed the trail. And that's a leader. And guys, if you're going to be a leader, get ready. The arrows are going to fly your way. Man, I've, I've seen that in my life, and I'm sure you've seen that in your life as well. Here's something else I know. The most blessed ministries in America oftentimes, oftentimes are the most criticized ministries in America. Well, why is that? They're blazing the trail. They're setting the pace. They're calling the shots. They're out front. They're taking the shots. They're taking the arrows. Now, get this. One of the most deadly diseases for leaders is bitterness. It will rob you. It will destroy you. It will make you extremely unproductive. You'll no longer be effective. You may even get out of ministry altogether. And bitterness is the cause of it. And here's what I do know. That if you allow bitterness to grow, and by the way, I did say that correctly, and it really is you allowing it to grow. Matter of fact, I know people that even water it and nurture it and, and they get nasty and more nasty and I want to be nasty. Why? Because I'm just nasty. You know, you've seen people like that, right? We've, we've all seen that. They're watering them and they're just basking in their bitterness. I don't, want, I don't want to end my ministry a bitter person. And, and by the way, every single one of us probably have every right to end bitter. Why? Because we've been hurt. Whether intentionally or unintentionally, that's not the point. We get hurt. So what are we going to do with that? If we allow bitterness to grow in our life, I promise you three things will take place. It would choke the heart for God that you have in your life. It would just choke that out. And you'll get to the point where you don't even care about the things of God. You get to the point where you don't even care about the church. You get to the point where you don't even care about pe people. And you know what that is? That's a pretty good sign that bitterness is rising up in you. I know something else that would take place. It would choke you spiritually. I mean, you'll you get to the point where you don't really care about God. You don't, really care about the church. you don't even care about spiritual things. 
And now you're not even praying. You're not even studying the Word like you used to. You're not in, in the Bible like you used to. You're, you're checking out of Bible studies left and right. I mean, all the, the important things that we put on, the, the, the important spiritual disciplines we put on our life early on now are no longer important. Why is that? Because bitterness now is starting to creep up. As a matter of fact, here's something else. Your love for people, your love for people will shrivel up to where all you care about is me and my four. As a matter of fact, your prayer will be something like this. Lord, just bless me and my four and no more. I don't even care about the rest of them. Just bless me. Well, is that a right spirit? No. What's the sign there? The sign is that bitterness has come up. So as a leader, if you don't make this vow that you're going to forgive other people, then I believe, by the way, if you don't make this vow that you're going to forgive other people when you are misunderstood, and you're going to be misunderstood, you're going to have to explain what you just said. You're going to have to explain why you just did what you did. We've all been in those conversations, okay? But let me tell you, those are healthy conversations, a lot of people look at that and say, well, I don't like confrontation, so I'm just not going to say it. Listen, that's unhealthy. If you let something like that just fester and grow and fester and grow, then it's going to lead to separation and bitterness in your own heart and in your own. You've got to have some of these healthy conversations and, and be able to explain why you've been misunderstood. But if you don't deal with that, I promise you this root of bitterness will spring up in you. Real quickly, I've got a couple things I want to share with you. Do you realize that Jesus was a perfect leader but he, all, he got hurt in ministry. You remember? He, he got betrayed. And you know the story about Judas, and I don't have time to go there and talk about all of that, but Judas betrayed him. Judas hurt him. Peter denied him. Peter hurt him. Jesus, I mean, he's the perfect leader, but he got hurt in ministry. Honey, get this. If Jesus got hurt in ministry, you're going to get hurt in ministry. I'm going to get hurt in ministry. We better learn how to deal with it, Right? And how do we deal with it? We deal with it by having a spirit of forgiveness. And probably the greatest example in the Old Testament of this would be Moses himself. I mean, Moses had two million crying babies for 40 years throwing rocks at him and arrows and accusations and comments. He got hurt, didn't he? Moses got hurt in ministry. Yet I believe he refused to grow bitter. Matter of fact, there's only two people in the New Testament that talks about them being meek. Now understand that that meekness is not weakness. It's power under control. And there were two men in the New Testament, the only two that's mentioned that were meek. One, and then it mentions them in the New Testament, one was Jesus and the other was Moses. Both of these men were meek. Both of these men, of course, Jesus being God's son, certainly knew how to handle criticism. Well, why is it that people hurt leaders? You ever ask that question? Why? Man, I want the best. You know, you ever been in ministry and you're doing the best you can do and you want the best for everybody and all of a sudden, boom, you're getting arrows shot at you and you're getting rocks thrown at you and you're getting accusations thrown at you and, and, and people are attacking and you're getting hurt, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Why is it that people hurt leaders? Well, I think there's many different reasons. Sometimes they simply do it out of jealousy, unfortunately. Sometimes they do it just to get attention for themselves. Sometimes they do it because they feel they're taking up for someone else that, think, that they think they got hurt. So they'll attack you on someone else's behalf. I'm just sharing with you scenarios that I've been involved in. <laughs> Hello? Hello? 
One of the most, one of the most common problems in churches today is people getting upset at you on behalf of other people in the church. Right? A spokesperson will always rise up and go address that one that attacked us. Really? You kidding me? But unfortunately that happens. I'm just trying to be real with you. I want, I want you guys to grow to be great leaders. And you'll never grow to be great leaders if you don't get a handle on this. Nobody ever taught me this stuff. I had to learn this the hard way. Man, I wish someone would have taught me at a 20-something-year-old pastor some of these principles about leadership. And nobody taught me this stuff. But you're going to get hurt. You're going to have people align themselves against you. And I guess one of the main reasons that people hurt leaders is simply because we all just have a rebellious nature and we all have a little bit of problem with authority. Whether we admit it or not, well, who, who are they? You know, submit unto them. Yeah, I just submit to Jesus. You know, we spiritualize it, right? I just follow Jesus. Oh, who's that? I mean, we've all been there, right? We may not say that out loud, but sometimes we say that under our breath, don't we? What is that? That's a spirit of rebellion. And so we got we got to guard against that. Man, I'm I'm about out of time. Will you give me Will you give me five minutes here? Warren Bennis wrote a book, and the book was, is titled Why, Why Leaders Can't Lead. And in that book, he talked about in our culture in America, we are very good at building up leaders only to tear them down. Man, we're good at that. I mean, from the president all the way down to, to the PTA. I mean, it doesn't matter. We're good at building people up to eventually tear them down. Here's something I know that as a leader... You've got to be able to absorb the hurts. You're going to get hurt. You've got to be able to absorb the hurts of other people. Oftentimes you're misunderstood. Oftentimes you'll never have a chance to defend yourself. Oftentimes you just got to absorb the hurt. Okay? But you cannot allow that to fester and grow or to grow into bitterness. Why should I forgive others? Why should we do that? Well, I believe there are three reasons why we should forgive others. We've got to remember, first of all, how much we've been forgiven. Every single one of us. You're going to get hurt. When you get hurt, I love what the Bible says, the verse we're starting with here, Hebrews 12, 15, make every effort to live at peace with all men, and see to it that no one misses the grace of God and no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Three reasons why I believe we must forgive people because we've got to remember and think about how much we've been forgiven. You know, just look at our own life and look who paid the penalty for, for our sins. I mean, we've been forgiven a lot. I know I have as an individual. When I look and see, when I called out to God and I said, forgive me, and he forgave me. And he cleansed me and he clothed me in the righteousness of Christ. And he uses me in his kingdom work. And I'm thinking, I'm so unworthy, but that's grace. And that's God forgiving. And so whenever we need to extend forgiveness to someone, we need to remember how much we've been forgiven. Number two, we need to realize that bitterness, get this, only hurts you. It does not hurt the person that hurts you. Now I had to learn this one the hard way because I carried it. Man, I carried bitterness around, and I, I, I came to realize that I had incarcerated my soul and thrown away the key 
because I would not let go of the hurt that someone caused me. And I was, man, I'm just, I grew bitter. And I realized that it only hurt me. And I looked around and they're kind of laughing and going through life and nothing. What's this? So we got to learn to forgive because if not, bitterness will only hurt you. It certainly doesn't hurt them. Thirdly, we need to realize that you're always going to need more forgiveness in the future. Now, whenever you're at the place when you've got to offer forgiveness because you've been hurt, remember how much you've been forgiven. Look back, okay? And then realize it's only hurting me if I don't forgive them. And then realize, well, I do need to forgive them because I'm probably going to mess up in the future and I'm going to need more forgiveness, right? So you're looking forward now. Do you see the the picture that we're doing here? We're looking back, looking where you are now, looking forward. And we're going to need forgiveness in the future. I, I know I am because I know who I am, right? And so we're going to need that forgiveness. Let's close with this verse of Scripture. Jesus said this in Matthew's Gospel. And it's the principle where he says, I for, or, or that he says, I'll forgive you as much as you forgive others. Matthew 6, 15. But if you don't forgive people, your father will not forgive your wrongdoing. So, guys, we've got to learn how to forgive. Get this, you're going to get hurt. But don't allow bitterness to grow. Make every effort to live at peace. So when someone does hurt you, don't go to them with the boxing gloves on and ready ready to just duke it out and burn this bridge and destroy this relationship. No, 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 no. You go humbly with grace and you talk about it, right? As brother to brother, sister to sister in Christ and you talk about it and then you forgive one another and then you move forward, right? We're going to have some squabbles from time to time. It's just life. And, and by the way, don't leave the church because somebody gets in a squabble. Every church I know of in America has squabbles. Why? Because every home that I know of in America has squabbles. Right? So what do we expect? We're, we're going to have it. We've got to learn how to deal with it when it happens. We've got to learn whenever we get hurt, deal with it. How do we deal with it? We go to them. We, we live out Matthew 18. That's a principle that we go to an individual. If someone has hurt us, if someone has, you know, we've got, we've got fault with our brother, we go to them one-on-one and, and you restore that relationship, okay? You don't go over here and talk about it and gather a following and get a coup and get a spokesperson and get a rising and come up. And, you know, that is the most ungodly thing I think I've ever seen in churches and unfortunately it happens. Don't do that. Understand you're going to get hurt. And when you do, go to that individual Talk about it, extend forgiveness, extend grace. Know you're going to need God's grace in the future. You're going to need his forgiveness in the future. Think about how much he's already forgiven you. And think about if I don't do this, I'm just, it's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt them if I just keep this spirit of bitterness rising up in me. So we must learn how to forgive, okay? You got the lesson tonight? All right. Number one, maintain integrity, okay? Number two, learn how to forgive. We must forgive others, all right? That's the lesson I want to leave you with tonight. So let me pray. Father, thank you for our time together and thank you for your word. And, and God, unfortunately, uh, in, in this life we live, whether it be in church or out of church, we're going to get hurt. And Father, help us to act and even react in a way that Jesus would act and react. And I'm rem- reminded of the very first word that Jesus said to Judas when he was coming to betray him with a kiss. And Jesus knew why he was there.
he looked at Judas and called him friend. He had already forgiven him. And God, help us to have that spirit in our heart and in our life. And for us to be the leaders that you want us to be, we must maintain integrity in our own life. But we also must realize we're going to get hurt and we must learn how to forgive those that hurt us, whether it be intentionally or unintentionally. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.